Hey guys, Ryan and Ashley are here. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. We just wanted to take a moment to tell you about our first giveaway that we are doing. Yes, we are giving away a $15 Fandango gift card to one lucky listener. 15 bucks to go see your next favorite movie. There's Spider-Man coming out, Lion King, Toy Story. This sounds like I'm telling you about movies that are coming out in 1994. <laughs> right? But Did there are some, a time machine? There are some ground rules to qualify. Of course. Not to mention, though, more than one way to enter into the giveaway. So go ahead and head on over to our Facebook page or our Instagram at Ruining Our Childhood to get the more details on how to win. Yes, that's a $15 Fandango gift card. Head over to our social media before May 14th to learn how to qualify. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye. It's high school graduation, and like all seniors, they want to party. So 500 school seniors <laughs> look forward to a party. Well, in the meantime, a boy wants to get a girl he loved for years who just broke up with her boyfriend and one head case who wants revenge on a lifelong bully. So the party comes, things develop, people have sex, drink, and go along with most of the guidelines <laughs> of a high school graduation party. <laughs> Top that. This is Ryan. This is Ashley. And this is Ruining Our Childhood. A weekly podcast where we remove our childhood goggles and put on our adult bifocals to rewatch and review our favorite movies from the past. That is correct. 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 Um, so this is Ruining Our Childhood. If this is the first time you are joining us, again, how dare you? Yeah. We have like... Five Six, six, six seven, episodes. Seven. This is seven. This is seven. Yeah. We don't know. We don't know. We lose seven. track. Seven. This is the seventh amazing episode. There was six great ones prior to this. That's true. Um, And we're going to rewatch some of our favorite movies mm -hmm. from when we were kids and teens and probably early 20s and discuss if they hold up. Today's movie is Can't Hardly Wait. If you could not tell by that horribly written log line that I read, because apparently I've searched oh, in yeah. multiple areas, there's no good log line. I'm going to read the first one please, just for please. fun. The IMDb, IMDb one Like is the amazing. main one when you go to the, the page for the movie. Multi-character teenage comedy about high school graduates with different agenda of life on graduation night. Who learned you? To talk. <laughs> Touch. Yeah, it's uh, pretty awesome. So so that movie was made in 1998. Correct. So tell us a little bit about 1998, Rye. So uh, off the top, uh, something I found very interesting about 1998. Usually I just give you guys some top movies. But Marvel offered the cinematic rights to almost all of its characters to Sony for the price of $25 million. Sony rejected the offer and bought only the rights to Spider-Man for $10 million, believing that was the only character that anyone would care about. Disney would argue differently. You know, there's always a time where I go, if 
I ever built a time machine, I would do this. I'm sure there's somebody at Sony going, why the why? hell? They probably don't even work there anymore. Whoever decided uh, that, I don't know. Deserve to be fired. So, popular movies from 1998: Saving Private Ryan, Armageddon, and There's Something About Mary. Classics. Popular songs: a Little Getting Jiggy with It by Will Smith and Bare Naked Ladies One Week. Popular TV shows: ER, Friends, and Frasier. Information about our film was released on June 12th, 1998, and grossed. $8 million on its opening weekend and a total gross of $25.6 million. Fascinating. Not That's uh, not too bad. Yeah, no. Mm-mm. Also, I'm a little off today. I don't know why. <laughs> um, we also are going to let you know where you can find this movie if you want to watch along or even, you know, watch it first and then listen to the rest of the podcast and, you know, kind of compare your own views of the movie to ours. It is available to rent at multi, uh, multiple streaming services like Amazon Video, Vudu, YouTube, iTunes, and Google Play. And it looks like it is on Stars if you have a Stars subscription. So definitely check it out if you do. So let's get into our first impressions. What was your first impression of the movie when you were a child? I did not see it in theaters. I remember my brother, I want to say, got it for like Christmas or something on VHS. And I don't think he watched it for like a good year. Just kind of sat there and collected some dust. Mm-hmm. And then when I finally watched it, I want to say I was probably going into freshman in high school. I thoroughly enjoyed the movie, thought it was hilarious. Also thought, man, I can't wait to go to high school parties because I'm sure they're going to be just, just like, like that. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, I can say without a doubt, none of them were like that. But I really enjoyed the movie, thought it was really funny. I watched it quite a bit. I haven't seen it though in years yeah same like full disclosure i went and grabbed it off the dvd shelf and it was still in the packaging (laughs) uh gotta love that there's a couple of movies that we own and by a couple probably a good like 20 oh yeah that we bought and then just never rewatched. yeah because there was a time where i literally would just buy dvds by the stack Mm -hmm. and i think when i was like 18 i thought the coolest thing to do was have the largest dvd collection ever i wanted blockbuster in my house yes (laughs) that's correct and now i'm like oh way too much clutter (laughs) (laughs) what was your uh earliest recollections and memories of the movie I didn't see it in theaters. Uh, 1998, I was 12. Mm -hmm. So I think, I know I rented it, but I don't remember if I rented it later. Mm -hmm. Like when I was, I want to say I was junior high. So I, it was around the time it probably came out on VHS. I rented it and I love Ethan Embry um, in general. He doesn't get enough jobs anymore. He was on uh, Walking Dead. He died like the first episode. Spoiler alert. But he was on it. That's true. And he's on Grace and Frankie, oh, okay. uh, which you don't watch, but no. I've seen like the first two seasons. Yeah, I thought I loved his character. Um, I loved Seth Green's character mm-hmm. and Ethan Embry's best friend. It's like Lauren Ambrose or something like that from Six Feet Under. Yes. See, I remember people that are in this movie. Um, Yeah, and like you said, it definitely gave me this depiction as a 12-year-old, 13-year-old, of thinking that high school parties were amazing. And yeah, yeah, the expectation did not fit within the reality, except for, you know, people getting way too drunk. Mm -hmm. Um, But it wasn't like... I always loved movies like this that um, took on that 
like one night uh timeline yeah because that's just it, i don't know it just doesn't work out in reality but it's interesting no, I agree. Approach. And I think there will be a lot of uh, funny scenes still. And I do remember a cameo for the Well Hello there. I won't spoil it, but please, I do remember. Um, I I am laughing because I have uh, Google pulled up right now to tell you where the movies are available on. And there's a, like, I remember the DVD case with the kind of handwritten Can't Hardly Wait. Mm-hmm. But there's one picture on this on Google, and it's literally like they copied American Pie's uh, square. Oh. It, it says can't hardly wait, but it's red, and it's got the like the square stamp. And I'm oh. like, I wonder if they were trying to like capitalize. Maybe. On even though it came out before, but. But maybe they re-released it on yeah or something. They're like, let's capitalize on that success. Let's ride that money train. Right. Yeah. But, so I'm excited to see this movie again. It's been a very long time, like you very said. I want to say maybe I rewatched it on, like, TV or something within the last uh, 21 years. Oh, okay. But, <laughs> <laughs> but who knows? It's been a very long time. Um, so we'll definitely see. I'm excited. It It's uh, impressive. I was just thinking of, like, the cast that they managed to, they had at 1998, which all the people right after that really... I mean, Jennifer Love Hewitt was a pretty big star. Yeah. But Seth Green goes on Buffy, blows up. Donald Faison on Scrubs, blows up. Lauren Ambrose, Six Feet Under. Like, a lot of these people became very famous in the like ensuing year. So they were it's the quite, hot... Yeah, quite There was a lot of cast. people on this cast that were, like, the hot teens of the yeah. late 90s. Mm-hmm. So we'll uh, see who else is in that movie. I remember the kid from Hook. Yes. So that's exciting. <laughs> um, do you think it's going to hold up? I think it will. I think it's going to be a funny movie still. Like I said, uh, high school parties, still a thing. But yeah. Kids didn't stop partying. I definitely think it will hold up, and I think it will be way less offensive than American Pie. Fingers crossed. Because I'm, I'm just going off by the fact that there's a good mixture of characters that are both male and female so mm-hmm. yeah like, you know like yeah. you see two points of view yes where like american pie was very one-sided male dominated mm-hmm. so hopefully it will hold up we'll see though we're gonna go ahead and do what we always do hit that pausey pause correct do you know i i'm just gonna say this mm-hmm. i forgot to say 1998 classic, classic. man our audience of five is really going to be pissed. They're wondering. They're like, oh, this one wasn't a classic? No. Nope. Well, also, classic. shout out to Brandon. Good friend of the podca- podcast. <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Good friend of the podcast. Brand Brand. Is that his name? Brand Brand. He may or may not be related to me. Yes. Yes. But we love him. I can't remember the code word I was going to say. I don't know. I'm sorry, Brandon. I fail. But... <laughs> Shout okay. out to him. Yeah. And our so other let's five stay listeners. on track here and pause the podcast and go watch this bitch. Correct. Hit the pause. <laughs> Correct. Okay. And we're back. We just got done watching Can't Hardly Wait. And we're going to go ahead and break down our movie with our usual categories. So we're going to go ahead and get ready to call Barry Manilow from a phone booth at 2 a.m. 
and talk about some technology. What technology did you notice? There wasn't a whole lot other than I'm going to put in a lot of the soundtrack in this category Mm -hmm. because they did have some amazing songs. Yes, they did. But at the very beginning, when the first scene is graduation, and it's just, they're not showing faces, they're just having people talk and stuff, and they're kind of just panning, Uh and there was a guy playing a Game Boy. So, there was that. And then, uh, when you mentioned the payphone, I did write, uh, he uses a payphone to call a radio station. Yes. So he can talk to Barry Manilow. Those are... That's a weird sentence yeah. in 2019, Yes, using a payphone to call a radio station. Yes. Um, so, yeah, that definitely was a, a, a funny scene. Yeah, because that's a very dated reference because I, I don't know the last time I saw a phone booth. I don't know. Like, maybe I just don't pay attention to them. Yeah. But I also like that, like, those type of phone booths still kind of exist in movies, but... Yeah. There was literally a movie called Phone Booth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which came out like five years after that, I think. Like, huh. I don't know, but yeah. I don't remember that much. Uh, nowadays, um, everybody has cell phones. Ironically, no cell phones seen in the movie. No. I just, I don't think cell phones were as prevalent. No. Not in 98. No. But the, yeah, the music was amazing. Oh, my lord. It uh, was a really good soundtrack. Like... Very, very 90s. And I think that was the only thing that was distracting for me, Mm -hmm. uh, was numerous Smash Mouth songs. (laughs) One they even played twice for you. And then Eve Six was in a song. And then there was just, like, some more, like, uh, songs that were a little older, like, more classic rock. But uh, they played some Guns N' Roses, which was, like, one of my favorite scenes. Mm -hmm. Uh, When I was younger was when William does his little solo Yes. And uh, and then all the girls think he's hot. Yeah, they did have a very, uh, a lot of good, like, 80s songs. Like, they had, like, some Run DMC. And, yeah. Yeah. And even, like, they even managed to slip some white zombie in there. It was kind of like, well, oh, well done, sir. Yeah. Well done. A good mixture of music. Yeah. That's really good. Um, do you want to move on to our next, since that was kind of a dead category? Yes. Okay, and the next category is kids would call it a throwback. We call it the prime of our teens. And this is where we discuss fashion choices, any dated references, or offensive jokes. Mm-hmm. Um, did you notice any? I noticed quite a bit of the fashion choices. Uh, one of the things I thought was really just... I don't know that I knew anybody that did their hair that way, but Jamie Presley is in the movie as like one of the main character's girlfriends. And she just had... like. I don't know, it's crazy. It's a spiky updo, and yeah. if you didn't know anybody that did their hair like that, then you didn't run with the cool crowd, Ryan. I did not run with the cool crowd. I couldn't do that to my hair, because I have incredibly thick hair, mm-hmm. but I was always super jealous of girls that could spike it out like that. Yeah. Um, my whole hairdo in 1998 was using, like, the butterfly clips, uh-huh. and yeah. Which I think there was some people in there that had some butterfly oh, I'm clips. Sh- I'm sure. <laughs> My favorite one was, uh, I mean, other than Seth Green's clothes, which we can talk about, um, but uh, one of the Williams fan girls, Uh they were like dragging him to like the makeout room and she was wearing this like metallic floral dress, like short floral dress. And I'm like, I literally had a dress like that in sixth grade, but it was like red and orange, but it almost looked exactly like that. And that took me back. What was funny to me was she was wearing that, like, very 1998 dress that was a little dated, 
And then her other friend was wearing a Captain America t-shirt. Yeah, but it was, was a like, ringer tee, which are back in. Which are back in. But I was like, oh, that's something that somebody would totally wear nowadays. Yeah. So it was a little interesting. Um, one of the other things that I caught was like um, the one character who wanted everyone to sign her yearbook was wearing a uh, pin on a string around her <laughs> neck. And I she thought, was wearing pigtails. Yeah, which I thought which was, was just amazing. awesome. And then, uh, like you mentioned, Kenny's uh, Seth Green's oh, character my. obviously overdressed because he's trying to be this wankster. Yes. I'm going to bring that term back because, or wanksta. Wank. I don't know. go with it. <laughs> uh, I mean that's what we called them yeah. back in the day. Yeah, want to be uh, gangster. Yeah, he oversized pants, metallic uh, jacket, goggles, yellow, bright yellow goggles. Spiked hair with little ties in them. Yeah. And uh, the, the Tommy Hilfiger that was everywhere. It looked like he threw up on everyone's clothes. Yes. And then uh, one of the other... It was uh, the accessories that people were wearing. Mm-hmm. Particularly the guys. One of them was wearing a chain with a combination lock on it. Like he was John Was it one Cena. of Seth... Yeah, one of Seth Green's Greenspan? like little buddies. Yeah. yeah. And then there was another guy that was wearing, like, it looked like a, a wallet chain around his neck. Okay. I'm just like, oh. I was, I will say this whole movie, like, there was too much going on at times. Mm-hmm. I couldn't catch everything. Yeah. Because there were so many people, and obviously it's a movie about a house party, a graduation party, and there was just so many people, just, just so many, just so many people. Um, how about any, uh, like, offensive jokes, dated references? There's a, I had a few. Uh, one of the dated references was uh, Seth Green's character and Lauren Ambrose's character were talking about playing Miami Vice in the basement. Nice. Which uh, I don't think kids nowadays would know what that is. And they were singing New Kids on the Block. Yeah. But I think kids kids are down with the New Kids still. still. Uh, I mean, they made they, their comeback They at least know who they are. I don't know that kids really know who Crockett and Tubbs are. I don't uh. know. If it's not on Netflix, the kids don't know. And then... Um, they mention at the end when Amanda and Preston, who are Jennifer Love Hewitt and uh, Ethan Murray's character, have their goodbyes. At, not goodbyes, but their embrace at the yeah. train station. They're like, Amanda Spoiler wrote alert. Preston every day that he was away. And I was just like, nobody would write someone a letter every day. Yeah. Like, that kind of goes with my uh, cruel intentions. Yeah. Like I was like, why are all these people writing so many letters? But did you have any dated references or um, I just had some uh just like offensive they like to use oh, uh, the word fag not as right. much as american pie no uh-uh. um but or actually was it cruel intentions that was really bad they're both a little bad i think they're both bad kenny's friends called him a fag for having pink candles in his pleasure bag yes. which he had a backpack full of every sex thing that i guess a virgin teenager thinks he needs to have sex for the first time. He had the Kama Sutra. Yeah. That's very awesome. I mean, he's just trying to be able to pleasure the woman as well. Yeah. And then when they, I, I think it was uh, Jamie Presley, who was one of the girlfriends, mm-hmm. since we already mentioned her, um, she was like, he's the most dope guy in school. Like when, <laughs> when they're telling, basically telling like Jennifer Love Hewitt that she shouldn't have allowed him to break up with her yeah. or whatever. And then they were kept talking about Brad and Gwyneth. Yes. They kept saying, well, he's no Brad Pitt, but you're definitely Gwyneth. Yeah. 
And just uh, the worst friends. Brad Pitt calls that two wives ago. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't think they got married. They might have been engaged. I think they're engaged, but I'm saying, like, he he was literally married twice since then. Oh, and yeah. And so is she, because she just got married for a second time. Oh, I didn't know she got married. So, there you go. Yeah, because she Congratulations, Glenn. She took Chris Martin on her honeymoon. Oh, that's kind of nice. Yeah. I mean, that you can have a relationship like yeah, that. Yeah, no. I would I just... take you on my honeymoon. <laughs> uh, um, um, and just the whole plan to get back at Mike, yes. the nerds, to like suggest that he he's gay. Yes. Like that was just really dated to me because that's not going to be something that people do now because it's not that yeah. big of a deal. But they and they also like literally essentially revenge porn, Mike. Yeah, that's true. They... That's very true. It just doesn't. It doesn't just happen to women. Yeah, they, that's what, that was their plot. I was like, well, that doesn't hold up, and that is really offensive. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but that was it. Uh, did you notice anything else that was, like, offensive? or? No, those were literally... They were very isolated incidents, I yeah. thought, mm-hmm. uh, between an otherwise decent uh, movie. Ready to move on to the next category? Yes. It's our category we like to call, well, hello there. Mm-hmm. We like to talk about any famous or recognizable actresses or actors that we forgot were in the film. To say there was a lot is really an understatement. Yes. There, every other person yes. in that movie was recognizable in some way. And mm-hmm. yeah, me and Ryan are pretty nerdy. Yes. So we noticed people, even people that maybe only did like one movie or one TV show after. And they don't have the biggest careers, but we notice who they are. Yes. So we noticed a whole whole hell of a lot that i totally forgot about what was your first one uh first one i noticed was the gentleman i do not know his name i know him only as chuck sherman the shermanator who popped up multiple times <laughs> but i forgot he was in the movie yes and he just steals things he's listed because i wrote it down he's listed as the klepto kid yeah yeah no i i when i saw him for the first time rewatching it today I remembered that it was, like, my favorite part because it was just so random. And I always liked humor like that. Just the (laughs) not explained, just random things happening in the background. He doesn't have a line. No. He He literally just steals everything. He steals a gumball machine. He steals a car. car. (laughs) Yeah, he steals a Love Burger t-shirt. The amazing band at the party. Mm -hmm. The first one that I noticed, and I know you're like, I don't know, uh, was... The teacher in uh, Preston's flashback of why he was in love with Amanda, mm-hmm. Jennifer Love Hewitt's character, it was Jan from Greece, who is a pink lady. She was the nerdier one. Okay. And she did the, the brush up, brush up. Uh, <laughs> I was really excited to see her in that because I never noticed that she was in it. Mm-hmm. And there was just just so many people. Hey, guys. We want to talk to you a little bit about the Podcoin app. Yes! The Podcoin app pays you to listen to Ruining Our Childhood, as well as your other favorite podcasts. You can use the Podcoin you earn to claim gift cards from some of your favorite stores. Starbucks. Check. Amazon. Correct. Target. Uh, duh. Seriously, it's pretty legit, guys. Download the Podcoin app today on iPhone or Android and use the code RUINING to get 300 Podcoin just for signing up. That's 300 Podcoin by using R-U-I-N-I-N-G. So if you're basically listening to podcasts all day anyways, might as well make some money off the deal, am I right? Totally. I mean, free coffee for something I'm already doing? Sounds like a great deal to me. Mm -hmm. 
So go give the PodCoin app a try today. And also don't forget to listen to ruin our, Ruining Our Childhood. That's the name of the thing. And make that money, guys. Okay. Okay, bye. bye. We had already mentioned Jamie Presley as one of the girlfriends, literally girlfriend number one. That is what she is credited as. A lot of the people looking at the credits, a lot of the people, like the secondary characters, don't have actual names. They're just like yes. jock number one, jock number two. Yeah, because um, they had Sean, Sean Patrick Thomas from Cruel Intentions is just jock and number one. one of the best films that we might need to rewatch, Save the Last Dance. Ooh. That was my jam when I was 16, <laughs> so maybe put it on the list for a little ways down the road. Brecken Meyer and Donald Faison, which you did mention Donald Faison. Yes. And I totally forgot. And I was like, did he mess up and say Donald Faison? <laughs> and then once I saw him, I was like, yes, they were the band. Yes. That never gets to play. No. Um, then I noticed uh, Marisol Nichols, who plays uh, Veronica's mother on Riverdale. Riverdale. And she was in. Ironically played Preston Meyer, uh, Ethan Embry's character, played his sister in Vegas Vacation. I love Vegas Vacation. It's such a good movie. Yeah. That's the only, like, that's the thing I noticed her most from, like, when we started watching Riverdale. I was like, ah, yeah, it's yeah. A Audrey. <laughs> it's Audrey. <laughs> Audrey. Um, and then uh, Sarah Rue. Sarah Rue was the hippie like, girl that just goes, sheep. You're sheep. all sheep. Ah. Ah. <laughs> She's so random. The one that I mentioned in the opener that I remembered was Jason Siegel. He was uh-huh. the watermelon guy. He just strokes watermelon. He was just like, and he licked it all <laughs> yeah. creepily. And there was uh, Scott from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. If you watch that show, mm-hmm. it's an amazing show. But uh, he plays Donna's husband on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. He was the rocker guy that plays Guns N' Roses. Yes. Jenna Elfman. Yes. Was the angel stripper that gives Preston the wise wisdom. And I, I should point out, ruining our childhood award winner. Selma Blair. That is true. She, she makes a one line. She literally is credited as Girl Mike Hits on Number Two. Yes. But she's in the movie. She somehow is uh, older than the character she was in the <laughs> movie that came out the next year. Yeah. And uh, was not nearly as cringeworthy watching her act. Well, she only had one line. And I, yeah. like I've, I said with Cruel Intentions, I don't think it was necessarily her acting as the directing. how the character was written and the directing yeah and you know she's a good actress i i, I liked her in things no i did too though. um <clears throat> i just have to beat her up for that uh clea duval who ryan never remembers her name he just knows her as the lady from argo from argo and i'm like she's in literally every like teen movie i can remember she was in yeah. she's all that and the faculty mm-hmm. and there was a third one we looked up uh, Girl Interrupted? Yes. Yeah. Which was, I guess wasn't a teen movie, but I did watch it in my teens, and yeah. it resonated with me, so. My last one is the legendary Jerry O'Connell. Oh, I have one more. Trent time. McNeely, who was the, like, previous year's Mike Dexter, super cool jock, who hits Mike with some cold hard, you're gonna be a loser next year, man. Nobody's yeah, gonna give the, a crap what you did in high school, <laughs> the bro. The hard advice. You know what's funny is I started making a list of... Things that, obviously, with a lot of teen, teen comedies and stuff, things aren't always going to be realistic or accurate. But I will say this movie did a good job of having little pockets of realisticness mm-hmm. 
I didn't go to tons of high school parties when I was younger, but the ones I did, I do remember there always being a guy that graduated that shouldn't have been there. Like, yeah. he graduated years and years. Like, I want to say at my senior kick, there was a guy that graduated before my brother there. Yeah. And my brother's, like, three years older than me. So, no, you know, that's, that's very... realistic. Like, there's yeah. always going to be that guy that's just, like, hanging around, uh-huh. trying to relive his glory days. Yeah. Or maybe offering, you know, advice as in, he did in this movie that... He was mentoring. Yeah. Well, drunk, but mentoring. A drunk mentor. Yeah. Um, my last one was Melissa Joan Hart. Yes. As the crazy yearbook girl. Yes. Who... She just wanted people to send her yearbook, and everybody was just so mean. <laughs> These to her. are memories, people. Yeah. But I always, I always loved her character. I think that was it. There was, like we said, there was a lot. There was a ton. And like I said, not all of these people are like you know high status A list actors, but no. we recognize them as people. Definitely. Shall we move on? Yes, we shall. Excuse me. The next category is Is It Even Good, where we talk about the plot of the movie, the casting choices, and we get into our funniest and cringiest moments of the movie. What did you think about the plot and the casting? I thought the plot was good. It's, you know, typical graduation high school movie where um, the only thing I thought was like, I'm like, the kind of boy's got to find the girl and professes love to her before he leaves town. I thought that's a bit overdone. It is. And then the only other thing that I thought, I was like, man, this plot's believable. The line for the bathroom (laughs) at every high school party. Like, I cannot tell you the amount of times I walked outside and saw people peeing on the side of the house because of that. So I was like, oh, that's so believable. But how about about you? I, um, to add a point to your, uh, you know, the, the nerdier guy has a dream girl and, uh, like, that movie does do this, but I think it also does a good uh, job of addressing the fact that that is a thing that happens a lot in movies. Mm-hmm. Because there's a part in the the movie where uh, after sh- um, Amanda gets into a bigger fight with Mike, and it's like completely over. Like they had already broken up at yeah. the beginning of the movie, but but now it was like completely over because he's a dick. Like that every single guy in the party like approaches her. Yes, and just basically wants to have sex with her. They don't actually. It's because she's hot. Yeah. And even Mike said, like, she's so hot. Like, you dated her for four years and that's all you can say about yeah. your girlfriend. But I guess that kind of goes with the whole, when you're in high school, that's all you think about. Mm-hmm. That's that's your motivation for dating is whether Attractive. the girl's hot. Yeah. Yes. I thought that she did a good job of, like, pointing out that she isn't just this dream girl. Yeah. And even though she her anger was misplaced because she yelled at Preston, Preston thinking he was just another one of those guys that wants to sleep with her when mm-hmm. he doesn't. No. Um, I mean, he wants to. But, but he's he actually likes her. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of good instead of just like going, she's this one dimension girl who, I mean, she was on the verge of being one dimension. I thought her character, mm-hmm. they gave her a little bit more. Yeah. Did you have any other points on the casting? Uh, casting, I thought everybody, I thought everybody was really good. The only thing I always, I go back to on these movies is everybody looks really old. Yeah. But. I, I thought Ethan Embry had a boyish charm. Uh, and, and Jennifer Love Hewitt actually kind of fits the Yeah. Age. But some of the other people, like, it's specifically, it's all the people in the background. Yeah. Where you're like, damn, you're freaking old. It's like they just found people on the street. Yeah. Yeah, some of the secondary characters for sure 
I'm going to say Jamie Presley was probably 30. She's a little older. She's, like, surprisingly older. Yeah. I'm trying to think of the people. Well, I think, like, Brick and Meyer and Donald Faison are supposed to be a little older because they're just a band. But also, I feel like they probably weren't even that. I feel like Donald Faison was, like, really young when he was in Clueless. So, at this point, he was maybe, like, 19 or 20. I don't think he was even that old. I think he was a little older in Clueless. Oh, okay. Like, I think he was, like, at least 20. No. Which is not bad for a teen movie. Yeah. It's better than, like, 27. But I, I, I enjoyed the cast, so I didn't have any problems with anybody. I didn't really either. Um, The only thing I had an issue with is how cliche the nerds were. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, William's friends. Yes. I think on the casting, it says their names were X-File number one and X-File number two. <sighs> and they, like, they just spewed out every generic, like, nerd thing you mm-hmm. could think of. And the fact that they even were, like you shouldn't drink beer you'll get addicted yeah like i was like come on man yeah i feel like that's how it was in those times i don't feel like like it was just clear like these are the jocks these are the nerds this like yeah i feel like now that in more teen movies we're trying to like yeah we try to create like better dimensions to characters like they don't have to just check one box yeah what about your funniest moment my funniest and favorite moment, just anything that Seth Green was in, <laughs> but specifically when he's in the bathroom and he's like uh, trying to get himself hyped up because he's going to go sleep with some random girl that he just met. He's going to prey on a girl who just broke up with her boyfriend, yes. basically. But she, but he did hear her say she was going to sleep <laughs> with the next person that talked yeah. to her. And he's in there like doing stretches and he at one point says the words... I think I got that premature evacuation, <laughs> which I was just like, ah, well done, sir. Well done. My favorite line was after William takes a swig of a beer for the first time, he's like, nobody drink the beer. The beer has gone bad. Like that has always been my favorite line. And then like that guy, like he's sitting there like working the keg. He's like, takes a sip and he's like, tastes, tastes like, like beer, beer to me. me. <laughs> uh, everything William, like, Everything Seth Green's character did and everything William did was really hilarious. My favorite William thing is at the beginning and he's like going over like his hatred for Mike Dexter. And he was like, he shot me in the eye and I had to wear an eye patch and my parents took me to a 3D film festival. There was no 3D. I think I, I think because I wrote this down, he said, I saw no third dimension. <laughs> so, so amazing. Uh and then also just, like, little stuff, like, at the beginning of the movie, Preston, like, was going to talk to Amanda, but then he chickens out and, like, runs into a wall. <laughs> it's just silly stuff like that. That one, and then another one that I know we are both loving is there's a scene where Mike sees his jock buddies dancing with their girlfriends, but he's broken up, and he's like, no, we're, we're going to all be single. Yeah. So he sees them dancing. So what he does is he just kind of dances over to <laughs> awkwardly. him. Awkwardly. Awkwardly. Real awkwardly. And then like grabs him. He's like, dude, what the heck's going on? Yeah. No. That was, <sighs> that was hilarious too. Such good moments. How about your cringiest line? Uh, cringiest. I just have the moment where the one, it's one of Amanda's suitors. And sure. he's trying to like... You know, be the, play the sensitive role, the sliding to her DMs, as the kids say. Nerd alert. And it, he, like, turns and starts kissing her, and she's like, dude, get off me. You're my, my cousin. cousin. Only like, by marriage. <laughs> she's like, gross. So that, uh, that was my cringiest moment. I had a hard time finding one um, until towards the end, after William's two nerd friends accidentally drug him. 
Yes. And then drug Mike, and they put a bunch of sex toys on them and make them look like they're, you know, in a compromising position. And then the cops find them, mm-hmm. and then they call them sickos. And I was just like, okay, whatever. Yeah. Like, we get it. You guys aren't cool with the gays. Yeah. Other than that, most of the stuff was funny. Yeah. And kind of on point, I, I thought. Agree. I agree. Should Was there any other uh, things that you wanted to talk about? Because I had a couple. No, I, I don't think I had anything, but go ahead. I was just going to say that I um, there was just parts... Uh, when I was talking earlier, I said about like realistic points of the movie. I really liked the scene where Denise and Kenny first start talking. Mm-hmm. Like, after they're trapped in the bathroom. Because they were childhood friends. And then he got too cool yeah. for her in junior high. And I thought that was kind of like... A good organic way to like set up their friendship and eventually their their sexual relationship, but yeah. I don't know. I just felt like that was realistic because I feel like you know when you have friends when you're a kid and you kind of just grow apart. Mm-hmm. That was it was very very realistic. But also like the guy who was just walking around going, "Remember that time in yeah. seventh grade when like he was, was almost like um." The Chris Farley from Chris Farley show on yeah. Saturday Night Live. He's like, you remember that time that you did this? And he's like talking to Paul McCartney. He's like, that was awesome. <laughs> he was essentially that guy, but not nearly as funny as Chris Farley. And then there was just uh, having uh, grown up quite a bit in the last 21 years. There was just characters I related to more. Like the girl who <laughs> threw the party. Like I was just like, that would totally be me. I'd oh. just be like why are you doing this? You people are animals. Like, she's just flipping out. I'm like, if I th- throw away a party now, I'd be like, hey, use a coaster. Yes. <laughs> like, I'd be that person. Don't use our bedroom bathroom. Only use the hallway bathroom. Yeah, come on. Uh, but uh, let's uh, move on here. Are you ready to hand out some awards? Yeah, let's do it. Alrighty. So our first award that we give out every week is the valedictorian to the Nicolas Cage Online School of Bad Acting. It's very prestigious. Who did you give it to? So I had a hard time with this one because I all of the main characters that had like more than like three lines mm-hmm. were really good. I liked them all. I chose the girlfriends of the jocks, which mm-hmm. included Jamie Presley. Not so much Jamie Presley, but the other two. Yeah. Especially the blonde one, uh... The short blonde one. She, had like she was, like, girlfriend number three. Yeah, she was pointless. But, yeah, she was pointless, and I don't know. It just... They they were all pointless, I thought. Yeah. Other than to, like, make Amanda feel like crap because they judged her for her boyfriend breaking up with her because he was the dopest guy in school. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden being like, oh, well, you know, you're too good for him. And then the minute she left, they're like, she's not too good for She's him. not. She's yeah. just going to be lost without him. But just, like, I just... Didn't feel like they... They were kind of cliche, like catty girls, so... For me, I went the other way, and not the girlfriends, the The jock friends. Because I think they could have, out of any part of that movie, you could remove the jock friends and the girlfriends from the movie. It it wouldn't wouldn't have mattered. Or you could have just one or something. You didn't need all three of them. Specifically, uh, Freddy Rodriguez is one of the jock friends. And he was on uh, Six Feet Under. He's a good actor. He just acts like such a like dimwit idiot. Where yeah. He was like, dude, her parents have mirrors on the ceiling. And I'm just going to be like, eh, like looking at himself having sex with her. And yeah. I was just like, ah, you're so pointless in this movie. That's very true. Because if they would have just had like one friend that's yeah. a little like. You could have rolled the, all three of them into one character. Maybe that char- gave that character a name. Yeah. 
That's true. Because mm-hmm. um, the whole thing with, like, Mike is that he wants all of his three friends to break up with their girlfriends because he broke up with his. Yes. And he gets mad at that. And I think the reason... It's good to have that plot line because it kind of shows that he does become vulnerable because he doesn't like being alone and he likes being, like, the leader of things. Mm-hmm. But he just... Yeah, I agree. Like, they're all, like, very one-dimensional and they did not really serve a purpose for me. Yes. Um, we can move on to the Thomas J. Hanks Award for Exceptional Acting. Who was yours? Mine was one one amazing character, Special K, Kenny Fisher. Whoa. Seth Green. I had to find uh, uh, his last name before I read that, so I apologize. Uh, he cracked me up the entire movie. I thought he was so funny. He had a lisp, which... Somehow was funny, uh, even though he was just putting that on. Yes. Which I thought was an odd thing I, to do. I didn't take it as a lisp. I took it as, I th- I swear to God, it was like a southern twang. <laughs> like when he was doing his wankster voice. Yeah. I actually wrote that down. I'm glad you brought him up. Yeah. This is just like, <laughs> hey girl. <laughs> I, I, was, I was so excited when uh, he got trapped in the bathroom and Denise was like, can you stop with the, yeah. the wankster talk? And... And uh, he started talking like a normal human being because mm-hmm. I, I could not understand him at all. No. I had to like yeah, He's almost attention. got like a Cajun flair. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, who did you give it to? I had a hard time with this because there was a lot of good characters, but I did give it to Peter Fascinelli. Fascinelli. Mostly for that awkward dancing scene because that cracked me up. <laughs> and then also when he gets drunker after Amanda yells at him. And when he says, Amanda, I remember that. Um, But, like, how he's nice to William. Yeah. And, like, they kind of have this little bond for the short-lived time. he eliminated that the next morning. Yeah. Well, that's just teenage boys. I don't know what to tell you, but he did a really good job acting like a jerk, and but also had that depth when he got drunk and, Mm -hmm. you know, was talking to William and bonding with him. Really good in that movie. Yeah, good comedic timing. Mm-hmm. I always talk about that, but that's very essential to movies because nothing ruins a movie more than if somebody does not have any comedic timing at all. Yeah. Because you can tell. Tara Reed. Yes. Awful in every comedy she ever made. <laughs> Unfortunately, there was a lot of them. Um, so I guess we'll move on to our final thoughts, uh, which is, Ryan, do you believe the movie holds up to your adult standards? I think without a doubt it held up. It, there was very few cringe-worthy moments in the movie. Like I, I struggled to find a bad actor. I, I always say, can you? Could they remake it today? And I think one hundred percent they could remake that movie. It was yeah. funny, it was well written. The jokes were really witty. They yeah. weren't dated. No. The only thing that really dated it was just some of the references, but. Even that was a Not stretch. Like, they're classic references. Yeah. For us. <laughs> yeah. But uh, what do you think? I agree, if you couldn't already tell, because I just kind of added on to yours. Mm-hmm. I totally agree, because the plot was pretty believable. I mean, I always have a problem with any kind of, like, romantic comedies, teen or, you know, regular, that you realize that Ethan Embry and Jennifer Love Hewitt don't really talk to each other yeah. until the very end. And mm-hmm. then they're supposed to, like be in love with each other that is not believable because i'm an adult now and i know that that's not how things work yeah but that's a very good point as a movie 
as a teen movie and just everything other than their plot line. Like, I loved. I loved the side things, like the band never fully yeah. ever performing. Yeah. And fighting. That's amazing. Just all the little plot lines. I've always loved movies that were multi-plot line. Yeah. And, and I think uh, there's like a, you know, a bad side and a good side to it because there's that side of like, you can't really get into depth mm-hmm. with some of the characters because you have all these plot lines to to explore. Mm-hmm. But I loved Denise and Kenny's plot line. Yeah, that was my favorite part um, of the movie. That yeah, cool. I think they were like my favorite couple. Most believable because... Mm-hmm. They obviously just hooked up. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, they're like, they broke up, but then hooked up again. Like, yeah. that's believable to me. But, you know, falling in love in, like, five minutes, that that's not so believable no. to me as an adult. Um, was there anything else you wanted to add? I, I just, I thought they did a real good job at, like, just dropping, like, real subtle pop culture references. Like, the band is Love Burger, and they have, like two dots over like the u and love burger like it's motley crew or motorhead yeah which i thought was funny and then something that i i forgot about is when they kind of introduce one of the main characters they put up like their senior picture oh, and then like their everything about it yeah. about them like what they did you know it was like captain of this you know and then they had their quotes and my favorites are Mike Dexter's is just win baby, Al Davis, <laughs> Raiders owner. And then uh, Kenny Fisher's is picture me rolling, Tupac. <laughs> like, it's just like, it's just. I, I did like that. And it was like an added thing that I liked. And I always like when movies, that I feel like movies don't do it as much, but like the, you know, the summary or their futures, like the yeah. freeze frame. William went to Harvard. And, and owns, it, like, a $40 million I'm like, company. well, yeah, he probably developed an app, and he's probably a millionaire. Mike got fired from the car wash. <laughs> I was like, oh, jeez. Well, if, there's always those people from high school that really did peak in high school, so. Oh, yeah. Plenty of them. Yeah. I mean, what can we say? We like we like the movie. Yeah, it was very good. Um, If you haven't watched it yet, I'm sorry. You shouldn't have listened to this whole thing. <laughs> we just spoiled it for you, but it's still a good rewatch. There's still tons of stuff going on movies, little jokes. Mm-hmm. Um, just a overall well-written movie, I thought. Yeah, I agree. 100%. We just want to remind you, if you could do us a solid and review and subscribe on to us on iTunes. If you're listening to this on anything else, if there's any sort of like button or comment, just shoot us a comment. That would be awesome. And also... Don't forget to tell your friends or your family. Tell if you uh, like it, tell a friend. If you didn't like it, as always, tell Tell an enemy. enemy. Mm -hmm. I don't know what I just said. I said Uh, tell an enemy. Tell an enemy and take a shot. Uh, Where can you find us on social media? On Instagram, we're at Ruining Our Childhood. On Facebook, we are Ruining Our Childhood. (laughs) Yeah. And Twitter is actually ROC Movie Podcast because somebody already took ROC Podcast. How dare they? How dare they? Did they have Ruining Our Childhood? It, that's too long for oh. Twitter. Oh, so Lame. I don't um, use the Twitter. I don't use the tweets. I don't even barely use it. <laughs> but I thought, why not? Why not start one? Um, so thank you so much for listening. Have a good day, guys. Bye. Bye.